ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Ball Watching World Cup Edition. We are now US one game into the World Cup. You heard my sigh there. Didn't go the best for us today. Uh, for all you fans out there, I'd say it was a game of ups and downs for sure. But man, just the heart just oh took a beating. I, I was pumping throughout the whole game, man. Justin, how did you feel throughout that? It was a roller coaster. I think it was pretty pretty similar to what we thought. Uh, maintaining a ton of possession. We'll get in some of the stats later. A good early goal, deflated second half, uh, injury ridden second half, limping across the finish line. I'd say. Absolutely. So for anyone that, that lives under a rock or didn't catch it, the U.S. tied Wales 1-1 after going up in the first half against my expectation, but Justin, kind of close to what you had said, actually. Uh, so we weren't too far off base with our predictions. Uh, it, it was a game, like you mentioned, of, of two halves. The first half, I think we looked like a formidable opponent that could have played with most teams in the World Cup. Uh, at that stage, especially for the first 30 minutes of that game. We looked incredible. Some of the best I think we've looked in a long time. And in the second half, it just didn't – we didn't meet the same level of play. I think part of that was because Wales changed their tactics and they played a little more direct. And obviously they were going looking for a goal. So they had to change some things. And I think we just weren't up to it. Like you said, we looked kind of leggy. We looked pretty tired out there, a lot of subs. And it's not like it's deadly hot or anything. So I was a little bit confused with these guys – struggling for fitness is there something going on with the team i i it, that worries me a little bit for the future and it was on both sides i will say wales was also looking pretty tired i think it's i think it's also a mix of just a lot of hype you've been waiting for this for us for eight years for them for 50 plus and once you get out there you have the you have the atmosphere everybody you're running around you're not conserving your energy like a typical game it's not that hot i looked it up at, at the end of the game it was 70 degrees so these guys mm. it's it's not a, it wasn't a bad temperature but i think it's just yeah. us being young being out there, it was our pretty much our entire team's first cap um, in the World Cup, specifically. And I think yeah. they just didn't really plan their energy well. Yeah, you, you have to maybe look at Greg for some of the game planning, too, on this, because I don't think we were ready for that adaptation come the second half. I think experience became the biggest asset to a team versus skill. Because I think on paper and just watching, we look a lot more talented than they do. They have some great players. Nothing Take nothing away from them. But it just it came down to that experience. They've been in that position so many times. Wales has. And time and time again, they play that, you know, gritty play, like play of soccer where, you know, they just they sit back, they defend and they hope they don't concede. If they do concede, they'll just fight and claw their way back to get to even. And I think they'll be very, very happy, all things considered, coming away at the point against us, especially how much we dominated them in the in the first half. I will say, though, for my statisticians out there. The expected goals for the game, uh, Wales actually won pretty significantly. So the U.S. Uh, came in at 0.82 expected goals, and I'll explain it in a second. And then Wales came in at 1.73 goals. So that just really takes all of the the buildup and the actual play and analyzes what on a normal scale would have been scored. What would the actual score have been? You know, as precise as we can get it to, had the goals gone in when they when they should have. So for Wales, they're 1.73, probably because that 1.00 of that comes from a PK. That's a grade A scoring chance. Got to put that away. We came from a 0.82, and I think that's because we scored a more difficult goal, and, and we didn't generate many more chances outside of that, uh, especially on goal. No other shots on goal besides our actual goal itself. So I think we feel hard done by it, 
But when you look at the the paper, it probably could be a fair outcome from the game. I, I think Matt Turner had some big saves. I will say, even though it's not a technical shot on goal for us, they're almost own goal in the first 20 minutes. Oh, where yeah. The guy put the head right off keeper's chest. And then mm-hmm. also, what, two minutes later, Josh Sargent off the outside of the post, still not technically a shot on goal because the save right. was not needed to be made. But I think you could it, – it's an interesting stat. I'll agree with that. Yeah. And neither of those chances were really that strong. It was just more, right. more of kind of lucky. Um, it was a good header by Josh, but, I mean, the, the possible own goal is tough. So – I guess I, I guess I side with that in a lot. I will say the yeah. majority, I don't even know if you would give Wales a, uh, even a, a strong chance in the first half. I know Bale didn't touch the ball, I think for the first 20 minutes even. Yeah. So it was, it was a strong start and then it just flip-flopped, but let's get in yeah. some, uh, let's get in some highlights before we get in some lowlights. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'll get us kicked off. And my STL made in me is pretty proud of Tim Ream not being a factor almost whatsoever in our world cup qualifying at all. And then starting in our first match day for the world cup, he, especially in the first half put in a hell of a performance. He nullified almost every attack. He was winning almost every head ball. The guy looked like his age. He had all the experience and he was keeping up with people. He just played. So not, I'm trying to think of the word he played so composed you could tell that he'd just been in that position before. He'd felt that pressure before. And I was stoked for him for that. And I, and I think that game, for me, solidifies him in that starting back line for the, uh, in the, in the two-center back pairing. I think he definitely outperformed Walker Zimmerman. And we'll get into the PK later. But yeah. he was one of my biggest highlights. I think Tyler Adams, my man of the match. I know they gave it to Gareth Bale technically. But that guy covered... Give me the stats on him. We got to dig that up. The amount of kilometers that guy covered, the amount of times that he was able to stick in a last-second challenge and bail us out. I mean, he was everywhere. Total captain material. I loved what I saw from him today. He was incredible. Yeah, and I would agree. I think, and we talked about it a little bit before and as well. I thought Tim Weah did a great job in the first half. He kind of hid in the shadows second half, and I think that might have mm-hmm. been a little bit of him being tired. But from the midfield bunch, Looking at Aronson coming on, I think he brought a lot of life to that team. He worked his butt off trying to get up and back. Um, he created chances that we didn't really have when he wasn't in there. I thought Pulsic did pretty good when he could kind of get into the middle. It wasn't a whole lot of one-on-one taking guys down to the sidelines, which is fine with me. I don't think we need to be doing that, mm-hmm. um, especially when Wales is doing five deep almost when you bring their wingers back. But otherwise, I really, like I said earlier, I love Turner. I think he made some big saves. I think he didn't really have any blunders. Yeah, he, get, he guessed right on the PK, but unfortunately, you're like you're trying to stop a ball from Gareth Bale. The thing is yeah. moving, um, yeah. and he made a couple big saves as well. And I thought he did pretty well with his feet. So he was out of line sometimes, and we can we'll touch on that later too. But overall, mm-hmm. I, I I was okay with how Turner played. And the you know, last two things I'll say on the highlights for me is two quiet, probably a little more unheralded performances. Um, Anthony Robinson. He's the left back. He's the only one we have in the pool there right now. I thought he had crazy amount of good energy. He looked pretty solid, pretty consistent. His defending was pretty solid as well. He, it just looked like a classic Anthony Robinson or, or Jedi performance. I mean, the guy was rocks. I mean, looked rock solid. So I, I'm pumped for him. I think that was a good performance. He's in an obviously keep his position. They don't really have any alternatives to him. But otherwise, you mentioned a good cameo with Aronson. I totally agree. I think he should be thought of in the, in the starting 11 conversation as well. And I thought, I think I had him in my, my roster for our starting 11. But the last thing I'll say was Kellen Acosta. Uh, 
you know, very, very short cameo appearance, but he made the smartest, highest level IQ play for any soccer player. And I really hope that most of those guys would have made that same challenge and taken the yellow card on, on Bale. Bale's type of guy that doesn't show up for 89 minutes of the game, but he scores the PK and he scores a 50 yard goal because Turner gets caught out on the head ball. So I'm glad he took Bale down. Bale's his teammate. So I'm sure there was a little bit extra uh, going in there. So that was a huge moment for us. And, you know, it's all based on a what if. I think Bale could have done that. He's done harder things before in his life. So shout out to Acosta, Kellen Acosta making a uh, a potentially game-saving play. We're looking a lot different if we lose that game because of oh, that. I would have been, yeah. oh, my God. Wow. That would have been Absolutely. awful. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Bale puts that in. That's almost a chip shot for this guy, if yep. everybody knows anything yep. about Garrett Bale and his shot. So I think he puts that in. Huge save by Kellen Acosta. One last highlight, I would say, Jake, that and maybe it's not not the most highlight of the team, but I actually liked how Des played. I think it's unfortunate that he picked up a, a yellow in the 11th minute, but you have to – and you'll realize people will probably be like, oh, he was getting attacked the entire time after that. It's like that's because they know he can't pick up another yellow. And I still think he did fine getting up and down the field and moving his feet. And yeah, they had to take him out to really just make sure that he wasn't going to pick up that other yellow in the 74th. But otherwise I thought he was fine. What are, uh, what are some lowlights, Jake? What do you think? Unfortunately, there's plenty of lowlights too. And I think a lot of them probably surfaced in the second half. Obviously we talked about it on the primer before the game. We talked about Wales primary modes of attack being countering when we make mistakes and, or just giving the ball up and set pieces and this was a combination of both uh walker zimmerman makes a tackle in the box he has no business trying to make just stay goal side him and just defend him he wasn't getting behind us and he slides and that thing ha- that happens and i thought that was not a good call obviously on him to to go in sliding like that a little bit uh reckless and it was a clear penalty so it's it's unfortunate that i'm sure they all knew how Wales would get their goal if they were going to get a goal. And unfortunately it just came to life. It came to be, uh, that was a big bummer. And I think just as a team, before we get into some of the individual performances, we didn't adapt well to Wales's game plan in the second half. I think we totally nullified them for almost the entirety of the first half. They were nowhere, zero. They basically subbed off one of their best players because he couldn't even find a place to get involved in with Dan James. So, I was impressed. And then the second half was such a stark contrast. Wales adapted. They had to go get that goal. They put on some new personnel with Kiefer Moore, obviously the huge center center forward. He made a big difference for them. They played more direct. They played more attack. And we just weren't ready for it. And I don't know if that's a matter of game planning on Greg Berhalter's part or if that's just inability or inexperience from our team to adapt when there are switches and, and adjustments in the game. But that was frustrating. I think we all saw how different the game looked and just the players weren't were adapting well to it. No, I completely agree. And I think it it really showed when you look at it from what the 66th to the 74th, we used four of our subs. Our midfield was dead. And I, yes, one of those was, was Yedlin for Dest, but these guys, they just couldn't. I mean, we I know we possessed the ball a lot, but I don't know. Once Wales came out in the second half, kind of punched us in the face, these guys didn't really know what was going on. We had to make some changes. And I think the guys they brought in did pretty well. I mean, obviously, we already talked about Acosta. Haji Wright big body didn't see a whole lot of him out there on that. I, I thought when you come in in like the 74th and you have that size, you should be pressing these guys, especially when we start getting down and we need to make some moves. But I thought Brendan Aronson did a, did a great job. And then I don't really get the whole Jordan Morris in the 88th. I know yeah. you were telling me before this, that maybe there was a little Nick that, that Gio Reyna has, and that's why he wasn't coming in and they just wanted to keep him safe. But 
I didn't see Jordan Morris. I, once he got on the field, I think he just stood in the corner because I didn't see him for the entirety of the, what, 12 minutes that he was on the field. So I don't know, I think. And then the only other thing I'll mention as well is, like we said, Turner was kind of in no man's land where he almost lost the game in the last couple minutes. So overall, still a good job by Turner. It just just a couple of mental mistakes. But yeah. the only other thing that I'll, that I'll bring up as well, Jake, is then health. And I know we mm-hmm. talked about this with some of these guys being a little bit it seemed like they were slow on the back end, but Pulisic was getting a beating. Musa um, was also taking a beating. Both those guys. I mean, also McKinney at some points as well. And then Reyna, we don't know what his health is like, uh, just even though he didn't even play. So what are your yeah. thoughts? That, that concerned me too. I just hope it's not a theme that we're going to see throughout the rest of the tournament. I know like McKinney was carrying an injury coming into here, and I know Reyna was recovering from an injury, or just he's been a couple weeks back since – um, joining us in camp here. I think we both thought Gio Reyna is our X factor and a game like today kind of needed a Gio Reyna come the, once we conceded the goal and it was one, one, he's a guy that has the key to the defense and he can just pick the lock. He's just got this incredible vision and this game screamed for Gio Reyna. And I think Greg faced a good amount of questions after to say, where was he? And he reassured everyone that he's healthy it just wasn't the phase of the game that they thought made sense to introduce him in. I don't know what phase of a game, to be totally frank, you want to bring Jordan Morrison as an attacking option. I, I Nothing against Jordan Morris. I just feel like we have other alternatives to him. And like even a Jesus Ferreira, like he could play wing. I, I, I just, I don't get that substitution that much, but I do think that could be also a little shout to maybe they're saving Gio for England uh, and they want him to be totally rested and 100% ready to go because, again, he will be a huge, huge part of that game if we are to have success, in my opinion. So health is a big thing to think about with these guys. I do think Reyna will be available. It was a little bit weird how he didn't come on today. My last two things I'll say, and these are sort of just general themes, is set pieces, corners, free kicks for us were not good today. Pulisic takes most of those, and I don't think they generated – any chances for us and usually they've been they've been a strong suit in the past we've won huge games based off of set pieces and that's frustrating those are huge opportunities to to go at a team and to get a like a guaranteed high success chance and we didn't take we didn't make the most of those today that was unfortunate i hope that changes and finally the officiating was on, on both sides i i think it was just really inconsistent uh, and sometimes it was consistent, but then he broke the consistency and did some inconsistent things. So I, I thought the officiating was pretty poor. To be, <laughs> my hot take is I, I think that goal that Wales scored, and I, I've seen comments about it too. I called it when I was there, talked to my wife. I swear that ball went out of bounds on the touchline for a throw-in before I forget who it was. It was their sub, Brennan, Brennan Harrison, or um, any one of their Wales players. Uh, got one a throw in, but the ball had already gone out and I saw it go out and they didn't call it. Then he took the quick throw and they generate the cross and we take the PK. I, that's got to be caught. I mean, this is the World Cup. I, I know you can't VAR that stuff. And, never, you know, there's there's calls on both sides. I acknowledge that for sure. But that was really frustrating for me. And I really hope officiating gets a little more solid because you, you hate to poke holes in games because of that. And I'll, I'll agree. There's always going to be calls on both sides. I just don't like when the ref becomes one of the centerpieces of the game. Yeah. Six yellow cards, four for us and two for them is an absurd amount. And if some of those, yes, are definitely deserving, but it's just something that now when we're looking forward, we have four guys on yellows. And just something I really want to touch on quickly, Jake, is with those yellow cards, very different in the World Cup. 
you only get two yellow cards. If you get a second yellow card for Sergio Dest, Weston McKinney, Tim Ream, or Kellen Acosta, three of those guys who started, if they get a second yellow card before the semifinals, they have to sit out a game. It's not just group stage. So we have to get through two more games, then the quarters, and then they and then they get to reset and then before they go to the semi. So it's just a round of 16, then the quarters. And it's just, I don't know, that's a lot to think about going forward with this game. Yeah. It's something that you, unfortunately, you can't just put that aside. It's, it's not just like, hey, I have this yellow card I can use and I can just take some guy down. It's like, if I do that twice, I'm sitting out a game. We play two extremely important games coming up here. We can't be missing any of the guys that we're starting today, period. None of the guys. So that's where we're at. In terms of outlook for you all, if you didn't see it either or earlier in the match day, England just dismantled Iran. They did lose. Iran lost their starting goalie, you know, right away, basically in the game. And England kind of just ran train from there. And they put away their chances. They were lethal. They got a lot of their subs on relatively early. Uh, I did see Harry Kane was walking with a little bit of extra effort on his ankle. Um, you know, I, I hope that he is okay. Uh, wouldn't be a bad thing if he took a little more rest for Friday, uh, in, in my opinion, for our game. But that's that's something that kind of hurts. They have a four-goal differential now, sitting pretty comfortably top of the group. Iran with zero and us and Wales with one. And now we're heading into Black Friday. So we've got a couple days to, you know, put this behind us, move on. And what we're dealing with now is that we play on Black Friday at 1 p.m. Central Time back on Fox against the mothership in England and everything to play for here. We're definitely going to be fighting and clawing our way for points. And we have the good thing, though, is that at 4 a.m. on Black Friday. So just I think about nine hours before then is when Wales plays Iran. So, you know, our players will be well apprised of what happens in that game and they'll have a sense for really what they need slash want to get out of the England game. Obviously we, we want to get points. I think if we get points in the England game, I'll be over the moon. I would be super excited to get a point. And I think it's possible. If we play like we did in the first 30 minutes, definitely possible. We'll, we'll leave England and talk more about England in another primer episode, but that's kind of what our outlook is in terms of what's next for us. And we'll, we'll provide another, you know, deeper kind of level of analysis for the England side of things coming up here. But in terms of Thanksgiving, we know that's coming up for you all. We know you all want to sound smart to your family members. You know, your cousins, everyone coming from out of town. You know, you're a new soccer guy. What, what do you want to tell the family? They're saying, hey, what's I saw the U.S. play and they tied. Who's Wales? How do they do that? Justin, what are some stats we could give uh, our listeners to, to equip them for these conversations? Uh, not an optimistic one, but when we were <laughs> up, when we were up, the first one that we talked about is when you were up and you win your first game in the group, you had 84 percent chance of moving on. Now that drops to about 50-50. Um, it's going to be tough. We're not going to be in the driver's seat. Tell your family that, but we will know kind of what we need to do a little bit more because of that 4 a.m. game, like you were talking about on Black Friday. So that is definitely one thing you need to know. Always, if you want to if you want to get on the good side of some of your family, members, be like, oh, yeah, the refs, absolutely horrible. And just say that. But now we have four yellow cards we've got to worry about. Tell them about the yellow card thing, about the accumulation. Then you're going to sound a little bit smart. What about you, Get? What do you got, Jake? I've got I, I saw in 538, which is that stats aggregator, they have all the crazy stats for all the sports that they had us listed at 53% chance to advance out of the group before the World Cup. So before a game was even played, 53% chance. Now that this game has happened, they've adjusted that to be 45%. And you'd think, what? Like they didn't, they could have won the game. They'd have had such a better chance. And our chances definitely would have gone up. But you also realize that, like, ultimately, 
that game wasn't really important, but we got points from it. If you would have told us beforehand that we would tie 1-1, I would have said that's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world either. Losing and, and dropping all those points would have been the worst thing for for sure. So it's not over for us, even statistically. I, we're, I know we're, we're behind them the full way through mentally and, and qualitatively, but quantitatively, we've still got a chance. Obviously, in the, in the, in the six previous World Cups, 52% of the teams with exactly four points advanced. So that goes back to 50-50. We have a legitimate chance to get four points regardless of the England game. So if we can approach England with that fresh perspective, like let's go play our freaking game and tell these guys, like we're not we're not here just to take the L and, and move on to Iran and do our best to get the three points there. Like let's go in with something to prove. And I, I think we could catch them off guard. It'll be a very, very different game compared to what we saw today against Wales, regardless of the result. It'll be a very different game. I've got nothing else. I think you said it well. We we did a we played one good half and one average half. I think, and like you said, if I if you would have told me we were to tie this game, I'd be like, all right, let's move on to Friday. Yeah. Probably the day I've been looking forward to for months now. So if everybody could just tune in, it's going to be a huge game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It should be a lot of up and back. Both teams are going to be very strong. So tune in. And we'll be dropping a primer for that game as soon as we can and, and get that turned around to you all. Hope you're all enjoying the content. We're loving the World Cup already. We're only two days in and it's been electric. So much fun to see the world's game on the world's biggest stage. Um, so we're your hosts, Jake and Justin of Ball Watching SCL. Shoot us a follow or DM us on Twitter, Instagram. We'll also have this on YouTube as well. And we'll be trying to put out that England primer as soon as we can for you all. I know we're all salivating at the match up there it's going to be so much fun uh and hope everyone has a lovely lovely thanksgiving uh in the meantime we'll, we'll talk with you over social media and, and talk to you again here soon with the new pod looking forward to it see you guys soon for usa see everyone